0: Welcome once again to a Novel Evening. I'm Danny. As always, you can find me over on Instagram as at a Novel Evening Podcast, and the same on TikTok. And this week's a biggie. Uh, I'm extremely excited for this guest. It is none other than the Bookstagram favourite Isabel Ibanez. Super, super, super excited for this. She's coming on to talk to me all about her latest novel, What the River Knows. When I tell you, I binge this in a couple of days it has everything i need in the book i love i love ancient egypt for a start i love anything involving cleopatra give me a little sprinkle of magic a little magical realism and i'm there i cannot wait to chat to isabel all about the story where this idea came from and to find out what she's going to bring to her novel evening so a massive hello to isabel hello hello hi how are you you how are you doing I'm I'm
1: in it yeah (laughs) I'm doing well I'm I'm doing well um I'm a new mom and then I also have the new release and just juggling all of the things and it's been a fun tricky adventure
0: (laughs) I'm gonna say obviously listeners won't be able to see uh but you look very fresh I'm going to say this for a new mom of, of twins you look very fresh Oh, that's really kind of
1: you to say. I'm gonna be completely honest with you. Had no idea that there was gonna be a video component. And so I was gonna roll up in my robe, slippers, and just let that be my authentic self. And then you said there was gonna be video. So I did put on lip gloss and mascara just for you, Danny. So I mean, if that's I- all
0: you've got, I'm I'm gonna say. <laughs> I have got nothing. I have come with greasy <laughs> hair, makeup free. You look better than me and my children are way old enough for me to be able to apply makeup on the rags. So, oh, gosh. Well, <laughs> well, thank you. I really appreciate it. I've learned how to do it really fast. You learn how to do things not only fast, sometimes one-handed. Yes, one-handed. Do you know the thing that has been
1: really marvelous to me, like truly marveling? Um, I used to think before the twins, I used to think Um man, I was in a constant state of rush. No time, little time, one thing after another. And now with them, I I just realized what a child I was because I I
0: had all the time in the world that I squandered. (laughs) I just (laughs) I I was thinking how many hours could I have spent in bed? How many hours could I have laid in bed and not have to get up that I wasted? Yes.
1: Yes. It's just incredible to me. I really, I really felt like before them, I was rushing from one thing to another or this, and I just was so busy. No, now I really understand the meaning of the word busy.
0: Um, yeah. So, well, I mean, somehow firstly, talk me through, so what the is your latest book. Talk me through the timeline of writing this book, becoming a mom. Were you doing all of this at the same time? Um,
1: (laughs) thankfully, thankfully publishing moves very slowly and Good. some of the benefits of that are that you get to write something and not necessarily have it come out you know yep. months later there's actually a 2 year lead time wow. so uh, let me think about this my trip i i went on a research trip with my husband to egypt for 3 weeks and that was in 2021 oh, so okay. that's that's when i was writing it so it really has been it has been a minute which is which is nice so i didn't actually have the two of them on top of each you know like the release Yeah, back to it wasn't you
0: were writing whilst expecting yes. and trying to yeah yeah and then the other i
1: guess for the sequel which i i can't reveal too much but for the sequel um i actually finished that in july
0: oh wow so,
1: and the and the twins were in the fall so i i was good i i planned it and i pushed myself and just did it but then i also really i didn't struggle at all with the sequel because i always knew from the very beginning how it was going to end what what I wanted to happen and there was no time lost there and the other thing too is I was very motivated to finish that this is my first duology so I was very motivated to finish the the sequel before anybody else read book one that way I could hold it closer to me I wouldn't be influenced Mm -hmm. by you know external reviews or this and not to say that that would have happened but I wanted to protect myself in that bubble of creativity that I was living in while writing these books so that was that was the goal and I'm glad that I I'm glad that I finished it
0: oh beautiful well let's let's kick things off firstly let's tell listeners what what the river knows is about it is a young adult historical fantasy
1: and it's perfect for fans who love the adventure of the mummy And Mm -hmm. the mystery of Death on the Nile by Agatha Christie. It is about a girl who discovers that her parents have died in Egypt. And so, of course, she wants to know what happens. But when she gets to Egypt, she realizes that there's a larger game afoot and that there is a mystery that she will need to unravel to really discover how they died. And of course, standing in her way is one Whitford Hayes, who has been tasked with making sure that she goes home and doesn't find out
0: anything mm, we're gonna talk about wit we're gonna, okay, let's talk <laughs> we're gonna about, have a chat about, about wit soon I
1: love talking about wit
0: he yeah I, mean,
1: me out, but I finished this
0: really recently just a couple uh-huh. of days ago absolutely loved it so first Eve. it's Thank fantastic you. it's so much fun I love the little sprinkle of magic I love a little bit uh-huh. of magical realism in that that's so much Thank fun you. but where did Thank this you. idea come from for you Um,
1: (laughs) when I was little, I wanted to be, uh, three things. I wanted to be an astronaut, an Egyptologist, or a writer, um, quickly found out that being an astronaut involved math. So yeah, no, thank you. And then the Egyptology, my parents bought me a ton of books on Egypt, ancient Egypt. And I just have had an appreciation, um, And just curiosity about egypt for a long time but when it came to being an egyptologist i realized that i did not like sand so that was out
0: no big same (laughs) yeah
1: so then it just gets everywhere Uh, and they're not a british person's friend yes yes it just gets everywhere it's a mess you you never feel like it's out of your hair um and then i thought writer so I, i felt like if i was gonna be able to do writing, if I was going to be able to do this, then I knew I was always going to set a book in Egypt. I just, I, I never knew how or what. I didn't have the story. And I knew I wanted to do it right. Because taking on a book like this, there are, only, there are only so many chances, I think, that I have in terms of landing a really great idea and the execution and making sure it all is together perfectly. So I didn't rush it. And What the River Knows is actually my fifth book. And I count the, the storyteller's workbook that I did with Adrienne Young. That's my nonfiction. But this is my fifth book. And um, there was the I don't remember exactly where I was, but I saw this character and she was dressed all in black in a, like very beautiful dress, clearly not modern. And, um, I was very curious about her and she was sailing on this ship. And I thought, where are you going? Why are you, why are you alone? Why are you, what's going on? And what came from that was I realized she was heading to Egypt and I started asking question after question until I realized that there was a story that she wanted to tell that I really wanted to uncover. And that's how it kind of starts for me. I typically start with the the world first and maybe a, a larger question, a character, but from there once I saw Inez, which wasn't her name from the beginning, I oh, um cool. I named her something else, but she kept telling me her name was Inez. And I was like, okay, all right, you Um I think this other name is prettier, but whatever. Um, <laughs> So yeah, anyway, so that's where that's where it
0: started was just trying was asking question after question after question to get to to figure out her story. Yeah, that resonates with me so much because when I was probably about 6 or 7, I also was bought for Christmas like an archaeology set, like this oh. big huge book on Egypt that you would open up and it came with all sorts of things that you could read about and little things cool. you could make and I loved it like mm-hmm. my granddad would write hieroglyphics with me and oh. there's always been something about ancient Egypt what do you think it is that still calls us and fascinates us about that time period oh I think the creativity to me the artistry to me there is
1: I I'm an I'm an artist as well I I was I, going to
0: ask if you did the the art in the book as well I did oh, I wow. did I, yes I did before I was um
1: before I was writing full-time I owned a stationery company so I designed greeting mm-hmm. cards wow. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but I, it's it's come in handy. It's very handy,
1: absolutely very handy. I just um, after seven years, I could not figure out how to say "Happy Birthday, Mom" in a different way. So <laughs> I did. Um, so yeah, I I think for me the the allure is just they just seem they just seem so uh, creative, the artistry, and they build things that outlift them. And I imagine the time, the toil, the sweat, the, um, and they were the, uh, you know, when, when I was in Egypt for the research trip, I would be standing in temples and tombs. And I would think that these were the best of their craft. You know, the people that were hired, they had, they were masters of what they did. And I thought that was so wonderful to stand in front of something that they had done 2000 plus years ago. And it still lived. It was still you know so for me at least from that angle I think it's the the notion of an artist um creating nothing something out of nothing and it, it's outlived us all you know so it, for me it might be
0: that Wow. what about I, you I, do you know what I think for me the one area that I was always really was the gods
1: the, oh, the, yeah the,
0: the building these huge structures like you said outliving them but there was something about the mythology that used to really draw me in and also I think because I always pictured Egypt as kind of very barren you know I know they've got the Nile yeah. but I always pictured as they're not being imagining these huge cities and this bustling life and them creating this incredible powerful world in what in my imagination was this very barren landscape Mm. It's always fascinated me and I was gonna ask you because I think it's a very interesting choice I don't think this gives me the way to say that the central pharaoh you focus on is Cleopatra Mm -hmm. and I was very fascinated because you know Cleopatra was Greek she was the last pharaoh of Egypt and she's a woman with many stories told about her and who she was what why was it Cleopatra that you started with? I think you
1: said it there have been many stories or things written about Cleopatra, and um, I had read uh, Cleopatra by Stacy Schiff. I'm not sure oh, if you oh no, but it's going and on the list. <laughs> I I loved it, but one of the things that really stood out to me about this book was she was so much more than what the world has painted her, mm-hmm. and she was a strategist. She was the only pharaoh that had bothered to learn Egyptian, um, and she I mean and i think that she existed in a time period that was of course you know you can you can pinpoint anything and say wow that was so dangerous i can't imagine trying to live through something like that but she really was pinned in this bustling city of alexandria which was a port city and they she has all these men who are vying for uh, resources, her attention, loyalty, money, all of these things. And she had to navigate all of that and it, really from a young age. And she was so curious. Um, one of the things I really, I I think I identified is that how much time she would spend in the, the Library of Alexandria, just mm. learning, 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 reading, reading as much as she could. And she really was so ahead of her time. And it feels like such an injustice that she gets pinned down just as a you know a temptress and that's all that she was but there's Mm -hmm. there is like any you know like anybody there's more to the story and that's what I think really intrigued me and plus she existed on a time that was very pivotal she was the last pharaoh of Egypt and uh, with her death brought about a marked change in Egypt Mm -hmm. and so that to me you know, when, when you, ch- it felt like the turning of a page. Yeah. So she was kind of like in this in-between a little bit, she could see where it would go if she didn't make it, if she didn't live, she yeah. could see how it would change and under her care, you know? So I imagine the immense pressure that she must've felt. So there's so much to her that I found fascinating, absolutely fascinating and not to give anything away, but she might be one of the characters that I, you know, but like, that I would, invite yeah. to a fictional evening but
0: anyway yeah yeah and I think she was so defined up until I think fairly recently defined by the men in her life you know she's married her yes. brother then you had Caesar then you had Mark Anthony and all her stories so focused on the men she was with and yes. not her and I do love that we're getting more and more literature about her and who yes. she was and non-fiction mm-hmm. as well because I think for a very long time her story was just defined by her brother then by Caesar and then by you know Mark Anthony yeah.
1: Or Shakespeare, you know,
0: like. Yeah. Yes. Just kind of all these depictions.
1: Yeah. She was, I mean, there was so much. She was interested in medicine and she dabbled in potions and herbs. And she, I mean, there was something of the occult to her too. Yeah. She had many, many interests. And I, and I wish that was talked about more, I think.
0: Yeah. I love that you've delved into that. And I love that we see a little hint. I don't give anything away. A little hint of another. Queen of Egypt as well, being potentially mentioned in there as well. He was a favorite (laughs) of mine, so I'm I'm very excited about that. And before we go, I'll recommend there's an amazing um, author called Michelle Moran who's written three books. Uh, One about the the uh, queen whose name I won't mention because I don't want to give anything away. One about (laughs) Cleopatra's daughter. And I think oh. the other one, I'm trying to remember, might be Hatsheput. I think. So oh, okay. I will double check. But the one about Cleopatra's daughter is very interesting because, I mean, her story as well was really shocking. The events after Cleopatra were sad. Yes.
1: yes. There was this other bit, too, um, especially when I got pregnant with the twins and Cleopatra having twins. Yeah. And how they they actually she gave birth to them. They survived. They lived into you know past their infancy, which almost unheard
0: of for the time. Unheard
1: was... of two thousand plus years ago. Seriously, yeah. and it may, it breaks my heart to to read to have learned what happened to them. Yeah, especially because it was so rare, so so rare in that time yeah. period for for her to have. Um,
0: yeah, for her to survive uh, for
1: the babies to survive yes. for them to
0: survive past infancy. Yes, past
1: infancy, and then you know because of the, it feels like a giant. Bloody chess game that everybody was playing back then, but yeah. they were just unfortunate pieces on the board.
0: Yeah. And little, we have to talk about Whitford Hayes. We have tell to me. talk about our gentleman in the center yeah. of this. So <laughs> the first thing I need to know is if you're going to cast wit, who, who are you looking at here for wit? Okay.
1: I'm super embarrassed to tell you this, but I do not know any actors, the name of actors now. I could tell you like, Growing up, I, you know, who, what did, who did I have a crush on? Maybe Antonio Banderas. Uh, like, I don't know if I have
0: any idea
1: who is popular now. Is
0: that terrible? It's probably <laughs> so terrible. I I'm think bad. I'm bad with the, the, the young generation that are coming up. Yes. I, they, okay. I, they're, they're lost to me.
1: <laughs> okay. Wait, who is the fellow? Who is the fellow? Have you seen, um, I think it's called Bullet Train with Brad Pitt. Yeah. Oh, oh,
0: him on know. Aaron that Taylor fellow. Johnson. Do he you know who was, who was, yes. Who is he? Who, Aaron who Taylor Johnson. Yes, that's and I who I would cast. I would highly approve that casting. He has a little bit of that that kind of
1: edge to him, the mysterious. He still has that charm. So he's I a think, little bit I'm cocky. Kind
0: of, he's got a little yes, bit of a little, little of arrogant.
1: That. Absolutely. Yes. Um, so I think that's who I would cast. I am okay with that. <laughs> okay, great. Glad, you know, glad you approve.
0: That is okay. Now I'm visualizing it, so I'm happy. And, you know, we get a little twist about Wit that, I again, I'm not going to give away because people need to read this. But did you always have the character of Wit in your head? Yes. Yes. Ah, and you knew who he was and where he came from? Yes. Interesting. Interesting. I did. And uh, I obviously can't ask what's going to happen because we can't, we can't give that away. No. But again, no. did you also know how they were going to end up? Yes. Okay. And I,
1: I always knew it was going to, there was going to be, a there was going to be pain.
0: There was going to be a degree of heartache there. I always knew. Oh, okay. I think as well, did you ever feel any pressure? Because when you're writing a love interest and we yeah. know that book, bookstagram, booktalk, we love our book boyfriends. We love our book yes. love interests. We take that very seriously. Yeah. Were you writing a book boyfriend for you or were you writing a book boyfriend for the, for the readers? I was
1: writing wit. I wanted him to be who he needed to be. Um, he and the other thing too is that because of his experiences yeah. uh, in the militia, because of that, it informs so much about him. I recognize that we all probably have a what would be the word here fascination with the tragic, wounded yep. backstory, all of that. But I, I wanted, I wanted him to feel real. I wanted. I wanted his his wounds to really inform a lot of the decisions that yeah. he would make as a way to protect himself, as a way to anticipate. There's so much that Wit does because he doesn't want to feel pain. Mm. He doesn't want to sit in what's happened with him. And I think that Inez is a really great mirror because she's a naturally curious person. And there's only so much hiding you can do when you have yeah. someone who's just pushing, pushing, you know, yeah. um, so yeah, he was a lot of fun to write.
0: I love of, their banter. I love their conversation. The I love writing banter. Have. Yeah. Thanks. You can tell as well. I think that's the difference, is you can you can read with an author's having fun. Yes. I think I you can tell, tell that because it's not labored, it doesn't feel false. You can just tell when you're you're having you're imagining it in your head and you're just bouncing yeah. off what you're hearing in your mind, which I yes. absolutely love. Yeah.
1: I think with banter you have to have fun the, the the other thing too that there's a element where banter can sometimes feel like this has nothing to do with the plot it's not moving it forward um although of course there there are ways that you can you can make sure that you're dropping little hints but for the most part sometimes when you really sit with the two characters letting them converse it does reveal so much about the character and maybe not about the plot but it really is great for character development and if you just let it if you just keep going I've been so surprised sometimes of what it can reveal
0: yeah that's I I find that really fascinating as well because that's that's really seeing the characters as people you're really feeling them and you have some you have some big twists and turns in this that yeah I was shocked by were there any points where you knew a big twist was coming? Did you ever question what you were going to do in terms of how a reader would receive it? Or, cause you make some decisions that are bold in here. Yeah, I did. You probably know the bit I'm talking about that I didn't know. I not- do. I do know. <laughs> um, I,
1: yeah, Danny, I do. Uh, there was one twist I did not see coming. Okay. And, um, that that was early on while I was drafting did not see it coming in fact I wrote it without that twist in there wow okay and then I realized it was just not right and so I went back when I I um I don't think I'm a really strong drafter I Mm. actually really hate drafting I hate I really don't love it I think because I feel so much pressure to get it right and I know that the most important thing right now is not getting it right. It's just, just dumping Yeah. Yes. Get it down. And so to me, it feels very um uncomfortable, like an itch to me. Yeah. And I mean, there are of course, you know, there are elements of drafting that are, I, I wish I could let myself have more fun with it. But I really love to revise because now I have a task, I have a mission, I have a goal, purpose, if you will. Yeah. So when I went through to the revision and I was reading it, I I saw it right before, and I thought, "Oh, oh, that's what it was. That's what it was." And so then I had to rewrite with that new information,
0: and um, then the other things that happened lined up better. Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm so excited for book two as well. I can't wait. I don't know how long we have to wait, but whoever well, in publishing needs to needs to get it out because I need it it is written that's the thing it's written
1: and it's <laughs> done it's it 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 is and it, literally I made a story an Instagram story right before coming on here but um I am going to be revealing some details in my newsletter that's going out next week so if you want to know ahead of time you can sign up for my newsletter but I have been given the green
0: light to share some things oh well I will be doing that because I need to know <laughs> <laughs> I'm very impatient I finished this That's the worst bit about reading a book that's just come out. And I have a friend who loves kind of very long epic fantasy series. And you always read that book. And then you're like, and now I need to wait for the next one. I need to know what happens right now. I know. I know. But I know it's written. So that gives me some comfort. And it's written. It's done. It's written. It's going to be heading into copy edits. Oh, my goodness. Well, this was, I loved it. And honestly, I think it's going to do fantastically. I think it's a wonderful book. And now I'm excited for what you're going to bring to your novel evening. I can't wait to see, I can't wait to see what's going to happen here because you're some, you know, you're imaginative. You obviously love a bit of history and art and I'm intrigued. <laughs> well, <bit> pressure. <laughs> um, so in terms of the setting, yeah, you may have to guide me a little bit here, but first we'll do setting. Let's go. Yeah. We always start with where are we going to go first of all?
1: Okay. So the first thing that we're going to do is I really struggled here because I thought of three different places. Okay. And ultimately, I picked the one that would be the the scariest. Okay,
0: I'm intrigued yes. by the the thought process on that. But okay, yes. and the reason why is because
1: I felt like with the right people, it would have become scary. Okay, oh that's sweet. I like that. So that's kind of sweet. Um. Anyway, the have you read the book Uprooted?
0: No, uh, I haven't. It's. Do you know what? It's on my TBR shelf. No, you I, own it. And you haven't read it. I own it. Yep. It's what, I own 700 books I haven't read. That's not an excuse. It's a problem. <laughs> oh my gosh, Danny. I have to tell you. Okay. Uprooted is my favorite book. I oh. love it.
1: There is a dark wood that mm-hmm. is scary and surprising. And even if you were to eat something, if you were to take a wrong turn, it would be mortal peril. And it is scary but it is also beautiful at the same time so you are looking at something that is so lovely but it will kill you there is no like question about it it will kill you and if you are one of the lucky ones who takes a walk in the wood and you come out it doesn't matter the air in that wood is also tainted and so you will come out changed and infected and again, it will lead to peril. You're you you are no
0: longer among the living. So that's the setting of the of our little picnic here. We have definitely not had a setting like this. I will say that. I mean I'm curious what the other two settings were. Were they also? Do you want to know? I will deadly. tell you. Yeah, I'm, I'm just yeah, just for comparison. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um
1: the other, I don't know if this counted, which is why, but it would have been the Millennial Falcon
0: that still counts that's a lot of yeah (laughs) that is really making me because I'm like that was not what I was anticipating those are two really yeah yes well yeah I just kept it well it would be so fun that would be the one thing
1: I haven't been to um Disney World they opened up the Star Wars and they have like this life size of the Millennial Falcon and I've wanted to go I've been wanting to go I have not been able to go so that would be a place and then it would all depend on the character who would be piloting
0: yeah right. okay and who's what was the third the third option? I this is gonna be
1: so cliche Danny. but I really just want to be in Mrs. Bridgerton's drawing room.
0: I, I mean want it's to, not uh, it's not
1: cliche. I, I, I dream wanna, about I, having I, a. Like I want to be served tea and I just want to listen to all these people talking and you know literally serving the tea hearing the tea all the thing all tea things oh, and key. i just yeah i think it would have been so i i yeah so that was those were the three options
0: i love how different those three options are and you landed with the deadly wood i did because i would i would be the most afraid of it you know okay so i'm very intrigued now as to who's who's going to join us for this picnic in the scary woods Because you said it's all about the people are going to make this a safer experience. Okay, so who's guest number one? Stephanie Garber. Okay, Stephanie, what is it about Stephanie you think is going to mean that we're going to be okay in the woods? So Stephanie would, she is the
1: person who if you're going on a road trip with, she will have looked at the various routes. Mm -hmm. She will have packed snacks. She will have um, any kind of safety, band-aids, what have you, a flashlight. She will have it. She
0: she's would be... Organized. She knows yes. what she's doing.
1: Well, yes, but she also anticipates problems. You know, <laughs> so she will anticipate... Oh, yes, someone is going to need an you know an alcohol wipe or something someone is going to need rubbing alcohol for this or whatever she would be that would be the first person that I would bring with me into a scary wood. Now, the other thing with that is I don't know how I would convince her to go into a scary wood, but once she's there, she would absolutely um, have all of the things to keep us safe.
0: How do you say no to the opportunity to get to see this wood in real life? I think even if you're scared, you'd never get an opportunity like it again. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can sell it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, sell it. Okay. <laughs> Stephanie's ready. She's prepared. She's got everything we could possibly need. Yes. At hand. Who's next?
1: Okay. Then I felt like we really needed a badass warrior type person. Yes. Because we are going to be encountering scary things. And so I thought that we would need, you know, like a warrior. So I went very old school here because I just think that she she knows what she's doing.
0: Um, I picked Katniss Everdeen. Do you know what? That's very fair from you know Hunger Games. She both in and out of the games, she's very resourceful. Yes. She's very cautious. She knows a lot about plants and she's very good at you know hunting and trapping. And this yes. is a good shout yes and she lived in the woods basically yeah. so she knows you know she knows she knows what
1: berries that to stay away from yeah you know yeah
0: she's you know she's experienced a lot I don't want to bring up traumas for her but she, you know she's she is a survivor and that's yes. what we really need <laughs> absolutely absolutely <laughs> the next person I would bring is Rachel Griffin okay so what is it what was what's Rachel bringing to this survival party have you read any of her books I have I read the nature of witches and I loved it yeah she okay I
1: have an actual story to tell you so I was staying at Rachel's house and her house is next to the woods and a group of us went out into the woods because she wanted to go for a walk and I thought that's fine When we are in this walk, it proceeds to get dark, as you know, it does. And we get lost. But Rachel kept her cool the entire time. And she is very innately attuned to the natural world. She's so at home there where I'm not really. And And actually, we did hear a very large like loud rustling clearly from a large animal and I am ashamed to say this but I freaked out and I immediately started running Rachel kept her cool and let us out of the wood so I have this feeling that she would be a great person to take with me into the scary wood
0: she'd be very attuned to the wood. She'd be yes. very in touch with it. Absolutely. It makes me feel less comfortable about going in the wood with you. That story. <laughs> yes. No, I literally, I would be there. Look, I'm not,
1: I, I am not really a hero and I don't, uh, the, the one thing, the thing that I do have is, um, I once did a little bit of archery and I did not do, I mean, you know, it was like, an hour of archery that's the extent of my you did experience not do awfully though but I didn't do awfully so if I had to save my life I probably There's really couldn't. close to you and stay still I, I could probably go to Katniss and be like look give me one and I think I could I think I could it's manage something.
0: well I mean yeah. I'm nervous because you know in England we do have woods but they are they're not on the scale you guys have woods and we don't have anything dangerous in our woods so I'd be going in very blind, you know, we might the most dangerous thing we have is an adder. And I don't think people that's a snake, and I don't think people really see those. Like I, d- I mean, it's people are say awful, they exist. Be, yeah. yeah, whereas yeah. you guys have all sorts. So you would oh, be terrible. better
1: than
0: me. Yeah, terrible.
1: Um, how many people am I allowed here? As many as you like. Okay, well, the last person I would bring, um, I need somebody who is adept at magic. Yes, so so I would go traditional here and I this is probably cheating a little but I would bring the dragon from uprooted um Sarkin he is I think it's a, yeah he's a powerful wizard and actually it's his job to deal with the wood so I think that with all of our powers combined and me just just kind of being there for I don't even know what my purpose would be. I would probably provide food. Um, the you snack be bathroom. snack bringer. That's important. Yeah, right? I would. I would. I would bring a. Pe- I would bring the picnic filled with charcuterie. Yeah, <sighs> I would. Yeah. So that would be the that would be the evening that we would have. Would we survive? I really don't know, but I
0: think I think that we have a good chance. It sounds like about you added the dragon, and I think that massively brought up your odds. Thank you. Yes, tremendously (laughs) (laughs) strong anyway. But I think adding the dragon just brought you up a notch. I mean, you're going to be changed, whatever, when you come out, right? Yes, we are going to be changed. But,
1: but if the dragon Sarkin, I wonder because of his magic, magical powers, if if he would be able to actually defeat the wood,
0: you know. I have to. Well, then I also want
1: to bring Agnieszka because she's such a great character in Uprooted,
0: too. She's my favorite. So. I mean, there's just so many people i want to bring into this, into this show. Just bring, <laughs> yeah, bring everybody. And this is right. where I usually ask if there's anyone who's not welcome to come along. Do you know who I really hate? Tell me. Have you ever seen the
1: movie Tangled? Yeah.
0: Yes. My daughter, I'm seven year mother. old.
1: <laughs> yes. I would not want to bring the mother. I think that she would be so awful. Useless, terrible, bringing everybody down. She's a bad person.
0: She is a mother gunnel. She is a very bad person. That's who I would not want to bring. That's also she would not be a good person to have in a magic woods because she is she's sneaky, she's backstabbing. She would find a way out, or she'd poison us, or something. Yes, or she would desert us. Yeah, hundred percent. She'd be gone. That's not say I would probably do the same thing. Yeah, but no, but she would be malevolent. Like she
1: would be maliciously gone. She, you know. Yeah. She would. Yeah. She would broke a deal. She would be. She would make a deal with the wood to save herself and condemn us all.
0: Is that an option? Because I, I keep that one in my pocket just in case. Like, <laughs> <laughs> can we do that? I wasn't aware I that mean, was a thing. I mean, why not? Anything's no, gone. I. I can't do. I need books from you, Stephanie and Rachel, for a start. So <laughs> yeah. if I had you all murdered by the wood what would i do about literature i need reading <laughs> material <laughs> do that and look this has been so much fun we've never had a novel evening in a deadly woods before you are definitely it's a first i don't even know if we've ever had a dragon at a well evening. he's
1: not literally a dragon oh he's just that's just his let's say call sign that's his oh that's how he's known in the world is a dragon
0: ah uh, right I need to read this book oh my gosh it's so good I, I love to, it I need to get it, I need to dig it off my shelves and I need to finally read it I think my best friend has recently read it as well and she was like why haven't you read this it's so good it's lovely it's a whimsical dark fairy tale it's great which I love okay so the last thing I need to ask you before I let you go and be bad with your babies and doing your thing and trying to juggle a thousand and one things as publication day has just been and gone and you're trying to do everything. Are you reading anything at the moment? Do you have time to read? Uh,
1: I have not had time to read. However, now I am reading multiple things at once. Oh wow. So I'm reading. Okay. So this is, I am, I am halfway through one dark window. Oh, <gasps> I have picked up this one, the sequel. Yep. Rachel Gillick, who is just lovely. So sweet. And then nonfiction, I am reading The Wager. Oh. This is so good and scary. It it is um, Lord of the Flies-esque, out on the high seas, shipwreck, mutiny, the whole thing. And it's written incredibly well. Just this incredibly. isn't a clue
0: as to what's coming in the future for me or anything is it
1: no but I did get a great story idea so I put it on the back burner oh
0: I was gonna ask and are you in made... a position to rewriting like are you thinking about what you're gonna do next oh yeah I'm in full research mode amazing oh yes my really? God. full research mode ow <laughs>
1: Well, um, it's, you know, deadlines and thinking and also wanting to get ahead. I, um, I don't want to get stuck where I have to write something really quickly and I don't have the time to fix something. And so, um, giving myself enough wiggle room is yeah. essential, but there are, I have one right here. I can't really share it, but it is here. I'm like here. Um, it's, so it's a research book that I am, I am full in just in it
0: and the wager so I just saw it said shipwrecks and murder is yes is it a particular shipwreck is it just shipwrecks through the ages
1: this this book in particular is called the wager it was about the the ship the wager that shipwrecked oh I've Um, never
0: heard of the ship
1: oh yes yes I am so I love this book I'm I have to read it very slowly it really is because it's a true
0: story um intense and it is a british ship ship the way oh do you know what i'm not the best with some of our history (laughs) i'm kind of like up to Tudors, and then i kind of lost interest a little bit but now i'm like oh now i should probably read about this yeah i think that you would like it the other thing too with this
1: component is um i love legal dramas and this one not only has the the high seas. Moral peril adventure epic story it also has um the court scenes that had to happen afterward to find out what really happened who is lying who's telling the truth who should we arrest who is guilty who's been framed yeah so it's like legal drama high seas adventure lord of of the The fire one dot window
0: is incredible that book
1: so I'm good. very excited. I will say, I love to read anything that has romance in it. And the wager does not have that, but <laughs> I'm very, I'm very excited for the love story in one dark window.
0: It's a goodie. And do you know what? I, I really need to do a reread because I'm so excited for book two, but you know, in your brain, I'm like, what happened in book one? I need to do a reread and get myself back into that world. Cause it's, yeah. it's such a, the magic system is so cool. Yeah. I'm, uh, listen, I'm, I, um,
1: have this, this is so annoying because I wrote a cliffhanger with what the river knows, but I actually wait until the next book is out because I cannot stand. I'm like I I'm it's too torturous for me. So that's why I'm not just not reading. Yeah, I mean, you Fate. do it to other people.
0: Sorry. You do this to other people. <laughs>
1: I did. I I am very sorry. I really am very sorry. Um, but here's the good news: the sequel is written. So.
0: Which is better than, I mean, I've read some books where, I mean, look, look at Patrick Rutherfuss and George R.R. R. R. Martin. Uh, yeah. But we will yeah. never, I'm convinced we will never get an answer. I mean, yeah. I'm not going to do that to you guys. I'm not no. going to pull up George the Martin. The Name of the Wind is one of my all-time favorite fantasy novels. And oh, I haven't read it. It's beautiful. It's quite complex in yeah, terms yeah. of how it's told. And and you can't, I can't pronounce 90% of the names in it. Including the main character, who I would invite to my novel evening, but I can't say his name. So,
1: mm-hmm.
0: both, cough, don't know. But they're so well done. But book two, so it's two books. Book two ends on like the most outrageous cliffhanger. And I, I <gasps> can't even third? remember when it came out. What? It must have come it, out about it... 20 years ago. Where is the third book? Yeah, pfft that is the question i need to know now it's called wise man sanderson this is patrick rothfuss oh got you okay i was gonna say all right and wise man's fear the second book came out in 2011 (gasps) oh
1: that's criminal oh no
0: and then you've got game of thrones he's never gonna write the last book he's he's just writing novellas we're never gonna get the last book just the I'm terrible so ending to the tv show I really am I feel that way
1: about um
0: Ilona Andrews oh tell me tell me what's what well to no do. I'm, I,
1: I read um oh my gosh it's Julie's story it's Julie's story and yeah, what is that called what is that called I'm still waiting for the sequel to that one um oh my gosh now literally this is how long ago I read it I read it when it first came out where is it where is where but where is it yeah um yeah I read I read Julie's story just like it came out I don't know maybe three years ago two years ago now I don't know and I'm still waiting for the next one
0: and I thought this is
1: why I don't do this this is why I don't do this I need a guarantee that the sequel is going to be in my hands in a timely manner please
0: I just that's the one thing like please God. and if you're gonna write an epic six book series as well, George R.R. Martin, don't not yeah. end it. Yeah, I know. Also he's so oh, that's old. True. I don't want to say that, but he's so old at this point. <laughs> And I'm like yeah.
1: yeah, I get it. Just make my endings.
0: Well, look, this has been so much fun. Thank you for trying All Things Egypt and Cleopatra. Oh. And the book was fantastic. I am eagerly waiting for book two thank you for assuring me that it's done (laughs) it's done it's done you don't have to worry just press and congratulations on babies books everything (laughs) you're a superwoman (laughs) no I don't feel that way but thank you I appreciate it and thank you so much for joining me you're very welcome thank you for thinking of me Thank you for listening to this episode of A Novel Evening. I hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as I enjoyed making it. Please remember to go over and rate, subscribe and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And check us out on Instagram at A Novel Evening Podcast and over on TikTok under the same name. And we'll see you next week. Bye
1: bye.